Welcome to Let's Talk Robotics. I'm your host, Nikki Rousseau, CEO and founder of Exaptech, a robotics company based in Melbourne. Today, my guest is Dr. Motiza Saberi from the University of Technology in Sydney. Motiza, so nice to have you here today and thanks very much for your time. Uh, hello, how are you? Thanks, Nikki, for the invitation. And also, I want to say hi to all of the audience. Oh, that's so nice. It's lovely to see you. I hope your day in Sydney is a bit warmer than ours in Melbourne. Yeah, possibly. I mean, uh, this week is more warmer. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> so, Matiza, tell us a little bit about your journey. You you originally from Iran. So, how did you end up at the University of Technology of Sydney? Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting question. So, what's happened? I attended a conference in Cambridge in 2008. So, at that time, my, my supervisor during my master, yeah, because he was from Cambridge, so he told me that I should do my PhD in Cambridge and he spoke with one of his colleagues and also during the conference I met the uh, head of the department. Uh, I mean at the end I got the letter of offer all was good but because of the I don't know I mean how the UK system is working at the end I did not get the scholarship and also they did not accept the Iranian scholarship so uh, during the conference also I met one of the super I mean one of the like a professor Ozzy professor in Cambridge so after not uh, be able to get to the UK, I thought, okay, I should do something in Australia. And I started my PhD actually in Curtin University in Perth. Uh, then she moved to UNSW and I followed her and I finished my uh, PhD in UNSW straight uh, after my PhD. I did three years postdoc in UNSW and now I'm in with the UTS uh, since 2019 as a lecturer. So that's kind of, you know, around 10 years journey so I did it in one second <laughs> listen I mean it's great and I, Perth I've lived in Perth so it's, it's a nice. beautiful place yeah it's nice yeah. and warm and yeah. it's it's very laid back um oh no it's great and and you obviously love Australia yeah 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 it's very good yeah, very good good country and yeah I, I love it yeah that's oh good. it's fabulous so tell us what do you do at UTS and uh, the importance of data analytics yeah I mean yeah I'm sure all of the audience they heard a lot about data analytics, data science, AI, and that is important because uh, the reason is compared with, if you compare with like a two, 20 years back, we have access to a lot of data. So it's not, uh, the change which has been happening in the medium is the accessing to data in the new forms, new format in, I mean, higher speed, and we have advanced technology to collect the data set. That's why, uh, because we have data, we should do something with data set. And sometimes I thought that, okay, why, why we should, uh, I mean, deal with the data, why we should accept this hassle. The issue is if you stop, your competitor is not going to stop. So uh, it is not kind of uh, the feature of your company, it is kind of necessity. So you had to think of data analytics. So as a university also, we do something with the industries and with our youth, with our kids, and it's a lot of interest uh, down the track for the uh, youth and the kids, and uh, especially the, um, I mean, talented one with the math and programming skills. So that's why I should say data analytics is important these days. Yeah, listen, I understanding like I say data, but it's my accent. I'll go revert to data because I go English and Afrikaans. So I'll say if I switch between data and data, it's the same thing. Please listen. Oh, okay, it's just yeah. My, yeah, it's just the way I pronounce it. So I mean it, it is king. Like whoever's got access to data, like that that's the 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 trading currency today. 
That's right. Yeah, I know, for example, some company like IBM, they moved from hardware to software. And in some point, they moved to data as assets. So, you know, these days, like a company like Google, why they are rich? Because they have access to the data. And the data which um, we see in the Google is different which what they have. They have access to data of the user in the each geographical location. That's why they have a, a lot of power for doing a lot of good data analytics. Yeah. And on, on some point, that's, I think that's very interesting to mention that um, for the audience who knows the statistic and probabilities, probability theory, you need those stuff, you need those theory when you have not enough data set. But when you have enough data set, you should do something else. But the issue is we think that we have data set, but still we have not. I mean, big companies they have, but some individual for companies, they have just own data set. So they have not secondary data set or the third party of data set. So as long as you have more data set, you can do something more. So again, we have, it is not fair between the companies as well from the power from this perspective, mm -hmm. but yeah. Uh, yeah, we are in the age of the, the data, big data, data, data science and AI. So give us examples where the analytics is used every day. Yeah, I mean, I should say for some company, that's very obvious, like for a searching engine, again, for Google's or Yahoo, Facebook, because they are based on the data set. Uh, the service they are providing is relying on the data. And one reason is, you know, if you again compare the businesses with maybe like a 10 years back or 20 years back, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, I don't know. I don't know which one is good. We moved from face-to-face -face interaction more towards the digital interaction. So when are, when you are losing that component of digital, sorry, face-to-face -face interaction, it means that you're losing kind of that data set. For example, you have not access to a body language. You have not access to see the face of customers sometimes, uh, because you are losing those parts. That's why data analytics try to help you and support you. That's why if you heard uh, the terms of decision support system, which is a very nice term, it means that you use the techniques to support your decision. So they are not going to override your decisions or you are not going, I mean, because you know, we it's kind of fears is that AI is going to replace the human worker, which is not right. And down the track, we can see that AI is not powerful itself. But the point is again, why the data analytics is used or what is the example of using data analytics? Data analytics should be used in the places that we lost kind of face-to-face -face interaction. That's why we try to use any possible form of data for doing great, for predicting, uh, for actually understanding what our customer needs. For example, in the area of the online retailing, if they, so, you know, some, some of the online retailers, even they, uh, they do track the mouse tracking. If, for example, you go in the top, like a top right of the page and it is a clothes, it means that maybe you're female and you love this kind of, you know, fashion. So mm -hmm. next time you are visiting the website, they give you something more, you know, customized. Uh, so based on the nature of the industries, data has been used in different occasions, actually. I think this is where the, um, the consumers um, or people is, is put, we are the product, you know, and I think there's a fight between Google and Facebook at the moment because Facebook's stance is the internet should be free. And um, I, I was reading about this like a week ago and Google's 
saying, well, all these cookies and, you know, how you track yourself and what they're using your movements on the internet, they're making money from that. We are the product. So, um, yeah, because they're tracking us all the time and, and how um, the terms of agreements are set up when you accept cookies and things, it's not always clear what you're actually agreeing to. It is, it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why a lot of issues like a cyber cyber attacks happening and sometimes you know maybe i'm okay if facebook use my data set but who knows where that is stop someone yeah. pro- still from facebook and that's happened you know in the that uh, what's calling the, the company in uk they use the facebook for kind of you know for uh, it was like a um, president election so they use the data in a i mean in a bad manner so the issue is you are happy with some organization to use data set but never we, we never know that it ends up there so maybe some like a bad company they are going to use it yeah i'm, I'm you are right so we are as a so we are not customer so we are product somehow yeah. For them. yeah 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 no and they make enormous amounts of money because i mean your point is you know when you you um searching okay say new handbags and you suddenly see all these like ads yeah. popping up like in you know like we'll wear all these handbags it's because they're tracking us that's why and yeah, yeah i actually find it i'm i'm not sure that i actually approve of it i i i don't know it's a we get everything for nothing as i say because all these search engines that we can got access to where we can find the best deals first but then again you have to ask are these the best deals because you know companies pay to be on top when they when they um, search algorithms come up so if you're looking for robotics in australia i should come up at top but i'm not paying for it because other companies can pay for more advertising and if they're dealing with say one product only it can come up at the top of the search engine yeah, that's not fair. For example, I had a, one recent experience. So I think on Saturday I had to get Uber to go to get to get to somewhere. It was yeah. kind of uh, urgent around six thirty. Yeah. And two days uh, later, I had to to repeat it. Yeah. So then in, the, in like a, I think it was yesterday. Then I find that the price is double. Then the, I, I had to I, I got I, I got the Uber. Then I yeah. thought that the machine learnings because they can predict that. I am in urgent need because of something. So you see, even they charge you double using the AI and machine learning. Yeah, so or ethical AI is important. Yeah, or it could be that you've got a search. So like, you know, like any typical times, um, say between eight and nine o'clock, it's what they typically call a search. You're gonna pay yeah. more for it because it's in demand yeah. because everyone needs to get to work. So yeah. one minute past nine, which is as a time to catch an Uber because then everyone's at work. Oh, see, <laughs> so yeah. that's that's yeah, what it, it is. The, the time was the same, but you know, yeah. the time they they put put the search and the issue is, I had even for like a kind of um, booking hotels. Yeah. If for the second time, I mean, when you do the f- booking at the first time, they give you good price. Yes. But if they find you are repeating, it means that you need that accommodation. Then yes. They increase the. Yes, uh, I agree with you. I, I've seen that with um, airplane tickets that I, you know, when I start searching sort of like a month, two months out, like I go, okay, I'm going somewhere, I start, I start looking at prices. And then, of course, yes, they do track you and suddenly the prices are going. I think there was some, I don't know how you're supposed to do it to that they can't, I don't know, they, there's some something that you can do that they can't actually track you in your yeah. In your searching, I don't know whether you go to private mode and then they can't um, see what you're doing. Yeah, or you, you can use different computer or different browser at least. Yeah. 
So yeah, yeah. you can trick them back as well. So it's kind of fight now. Yeah. Okay. So now we, we need to put a list of things how to fight back. Yeah, 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 <laughs> so what are your thoughts on um, on the future of AI? Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting question. Uh, I think we spoke on something that AI should be ethical. So the future of AI should be ethical. Um, I, I don't know uh, to, to what extent they can do it, but these days the government they are uh, part of the game. For example, European um, uh, Commission, they think that, I mean, they put some rules and regulations and the companies should abide. For example, if you, as a company, you make a decision using algorithm, your customer has the right to ask why. Then you cannot refer to it because this machine learning is like a neural network. You should be able to explain. So that's one rule. So that, that is nice that government now try to support the community by putting some standards. So one future of AI is a standard. And it's not easy because, you know, different stakeholders using the AI in a different way, and they have access to different skills and different data set again, and different culture. But I mean, it has been started since I think uh, two, three years back. And it's, uh, it's a growing field. So from, for the audience who, who love the like uh, AI research, or I mean, they think the AI is something for them as a business. AI as standard is something which should be um, huge in future. Um, another one is something which we call it a bit technical word, we call it unsupervised learning. Mm -hmm. So we have something we call it estimation. For the estimation, you need the label for your any instances. For example, if you are going to, for financial institution, if you are going to do credit evaluation. So for each customer, the expert should say he is a he has a bad credit or he, he has a good credit in later on by collecting data set you can have a machine learning or ai to find out whether this customer should be good or should not be good i mean bad credit or good credit then give some decision support system to the financial uh, inst uh, institute so the the, the the point is we need manpower to put the label on something which we call a training data set yeah. but because you know data is coming on live data is online some some occasion you cannot just waiting for the manpower to put the label at the same time it can be a bit expensive that's why you know the notion of crowdsourcing came to game because by using crowdsourcing by sometimes less money is zero money but sometimes like a, a, a bit of money you was able to collect the training data set but the, the, these days the scientists they try to move from this part which we call it supervised learning to something which is unsupervised. In unsupervised, you have data set, you don't need the human part and you're doing your assignment. Yeah. So that's the second part, a bit technical part actually. Yeah, but um, as we all know, um, the biases by the person inputting the data is also something that we need to concern and, con and should be of concern and consideration. Yeah, that's why, yeah, again, yeah, you are right. So again, any notion of human involvement with the uh, culture, with the system, with the AI is important. So that's why since maybe two years back, we have a new terms, we call it human AI interaction. So if you remember, we had something human computer interaction or HCI, but now yeah. we have a HAI. Okay, so human. So that specifically yeah. refers to humans or inputting this data. Yeah. yeah All right. Yeah, yeah, okay. Right, yeah. So you refer to fairness. What does this mean and why is it important? Yeah, again, you know, because maybe, I mean, in last decade, AI was on the paper. So in the community, like, sorry, in the university, in conferences, in journals, we were very good in like a theoretical 
perspective of AI, but because the Google, Facebook, and these top companies, they need AI to be more fast and more agile, what's happened? Uh, so the culture changed and they asked the researcher, be a bit generous, and they put, for example, their programming, their AI models, their AR techniques to be open, so like open source for all yeah. the community. So by this change, so even sometimes bachelor students, they can run very advanced AI model in a second. So by having access to the AI from this perspective, a lot of companies, they thought that, okay, we should use AI. And because they are using AI, AI is coming like a, it is, we can feel AI is part of our integrated in uh, our lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And because it is integrated, uh, we should make sure that what is a social impact of AI. Sometimes, because AI is based on data. For example, mm -hmm. if you, in a, if you, for example, you are going to use AI to estimate or predict the performance of the workers, mm -hmm. what if you have not enough females worker? Then AI is a bit not fair towards that yeah. community. Yeah, there's so bias. Yeah, bias. So fairness is about the bias. Why AI is important? AI is important, should be accurate, but should be accurate and should be fair. If you, for example, have female and male, should be fair between these two groups. If you have some minority, you have not enough data set, you should, should be fair. For example, interesting point is, for example, if your AI, like something like a, a image recognition, if the scientists be behind the image recognition in USA border passing is like a Western people, maybe they are not have enough culture of understanding of the Chinese. Mm -hmm. For them, Korean and Chinese looks the same, which is not right. So even if your designers is from different backgrounds, then it's not fair to some other backgrounds if you are going to use, put it this as a scale or you use this AI uh, in a, I mean, uh, for the real application. So yeah. uh, that's why the fairness is important. So in a, in a nutshell, fairness is you, the AI output should be same for different groups, even they have not enough um, representation. Yeah. And the reason is as a human, we are fair. For example, if you are going to the party, if you see someone, he is shy, maybe if you find, oh, he's from different culture or she's from different culture, you try to give her some gesture. But AI is AI, AI is not human. That's why this shift should be happening. AI doesn't care. Yeah, it doesn't is, yeah. It's a machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so these days we also hear a lot about explainable AI. Can you explain it briefly? Yeah, so explainable AI means again, because uh, as you mentioned, AI is machine and sometimes AI to be able to get the pattern, they had to be very complex. So that complexity at the same time is very good because they can be accurate. But at another time, they cannot explain why they come up with this decision to their stakeholders. For example, if you are going to use AI for the stake of the health, so AI is going to say, okay, I like find this symptom in this you know, patient. But mm -hmm. GP or especially they're not going to rely on the like an automatic decision of AI. They need kind of better explanation. Why you come up with this decision? Why do you think that she or he has a cancer? It's not just like, a, we have something which we call it black box kind of decision making. You cannot say in like a black box model that that is, you know, cancer or it is not. You should explain. Mm -hmm. So that's one notion of explainability. And as I mentioned, for example, for financial uh, banking system, if you are going to reject a loan, you cannot say my machine learning, my AI fund, you are a bit, you know, uh, fishy. You should yeah. explain to your customers. So that's a notion, again, about the explainability it is difficult because ai is very complex sometimes even the scientists they cannot find 
sometimes they forget or sometimes it's very complex. So that's a notion of- Yeah, but surely, surely there should be a case for if you can't explain why decisions are being made, then human intervention should step in and you, you don't go by decisions that you can't explain. It can be the case. So, I mean, the point is, it is uh, part of the research agenda. Still, we are a bit far from, I mean, the mature study explainable AI, but you are right. So that is one solution that if you find that you are a bit fishy about the uh, like outcome of AI, yeah. though you think that, that that's accurate, but you are not able to explain it, you should stop. Yeah. All right. That, that's one solution, yeah. But another um, solution, you try to make him, make them, we call it glass, uh, like a glass box to make yeah. it more, you know, transparent. Yeah, because I mean, you know, we advanced, but we're still fairly new in all of this, if you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah. You know, and if you look at the um, facial recognition that was dropped in the US because they were making inaccurate, stopping people inaccurate, that's a good example of that you go, listen, you maybe need to stop and think about what you're doing here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you are right. Yeah, yeah. So there's a perception that AI can be unreliable and unsafe. What would be the agenda of the scientific community to make it more helpful? Yeah, that's another another point and interesting part of AI because a lot of AI they're using, for example, something like um, uh, driverless car. Yes. So driverless driverless car is based on AI, but we had a lot of stories that you know Tesla doesn't work. So this concept. Maybe it's kind of it's still fancy, but and it can you know we we call something unsafe AI which is related to human life, for example in health or in driving or in transportation in some important decision making, so or for some kind of you know uh, cyber physical systems or like a critical systems as well, um, you should make sure that your AI if you are using for very sensitive and high stake context that is safe. And sometimes they think they should use it. And the, the reason is because, you know, you are a CEO of, of the new company and you think that I should bring something new to the game. But at the same time, you think that AI is a fancy, AI is a buzzword, you should use it, uh, you should do something, you have the money. But at the same time, they are going to lead to some, you know, a very bad uh, outcome at the end. So that's why it's still this field of AI also is new, which we call it uh, AI safety. And some researcher is working on the, on, on the line now. Yeah, speaking of autonomous vehicles and uh, Tesla, I think there was an incident last week um, yeah. where they suspected that uh, the driverless was engaged and both people were sitting in the backseat. I, I just read it briefly. I, had, I didn't follow up on what actually happened yeah. there. But, you know, again, I think there was a great scare in Australia about autonomous vehicles and, you know, we're all going to, all truck drivers are going to lose their jobs by, I don't know what yeah. the prediction was. This was a couple of years ago. And, you know, I was speaking to Professor Michael Milford and he was saying mm -hmm. that people that make these predictions, they've stopped making predictions because they end up with egg on their faces in terms of the timeline. Yeah. Because, you know, there are lots of factors to consider, even with autonomous vehicles. Who's liable? Who's paying insurance? Like, I think yeah. those are the first questions, never mind the roads and things. Yeah, or for example, if they lost the connection to internet, or yeah, the legal perspective is very difficult. Legal is very, I mean, if something happened, who is in charge? AI company or that, you know, AI scientists, you know, yeah. or the company who use the AI, like an autonomous 
AI. Oh, listen, I, I can see major legal battles being played out in courts in terms of who's responsible. And I, mm -hmm. I think a lot of this, um, you know, in terms of a development of how quickly we're doing it, that's been hindered a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not easy here. I don't believe it. It's still is a buzzword. Yeah. So in terms of robots we're using and how it's changing the way we work, how is AI overlapping here? Yeah, I believe for some kind of robots, uh, we can use the robot as an engine of the, uh, sorry, we can use the AI as an engine of the robots. And I believe all of the concerns which we spoke on fairness, on safety, and on uh, like, you know, future of AI is dealing with the robots. So I believe for the stake, which is not very critical, like a, I mean, you can use the robots, which not leading to some, you know, very, you know, uh, unpleasant outcome. You can use a AI, and if the stake is not high, uh, you can integrate AI with the robot for the like a very small decision, which is not. I mean, uh, the social impact is not is not a lot, but for the cases which uh, still we are not sure that what what is going. I mean, the point is how we are going to use the robot then uh, we should be a bit careful. So if, for example, if we call like a drone as a robot as well, yeah. so if we give a lot of power to AI power to drones, we don't know who, who is going to use the drone. So I believe AI is a head or a, like a, a brain of the robots. So these two communities should work together. But at the same time, I think it's a lot of, you know, interesting uh, uh, application of the robots plus AI, for example, yeah. for blind people, for a lot of people with the disability. And in this line, uh, and for some kind of manufacturing, for example, if that's very, you know, uh, is not uh, safe for the workers, you can use the robots. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah dull, dirty, dangerous jobs. Yeah. That's yeah. an ideal space for yeah. robots. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, I, it's interesting what you because, you know, um, when you look at humanoid robots, and I'm not quite sure why you want a humanoid robot, by the way, because, you know, personally, I, you know, Sophia gives me slightly, it's slightly creepy for me and for many other people and listeners that know who Sophia is, you know, with the, mm -hmm. her face is based on Audrey Hepburn. And um, for me, in essence, a robot is there to assist human beings and, and yeah. to make our lives better. That's all. That's, that's, okay. that's for me, yeah. the pure function of what a robot is there. So whether it's helping you out of social isolation or children that can't go to school and they've got a robot that does it for them or, you know, um, reintroducing people with disabilities to the workplace through a telepresence robot. Yeah. Those, those examples applicable to my, what I do, but there are, lot, there are many more out there of why you would be using a robot. Mm, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. unfortunately, a, a good idea sometimes is using in a bad way. So it's, it's the nature of the human. Yeah, but you know what? We, we still as human beings and, uh, you know, Laureate Professor Toby Walsh, because he, he's got an online petition that you, you'd know him there, um, that, you know, you, you sign up against using... Um, unmanned drone, um, armed drones. Like th this isn't the way we want our world to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I hope by educating our kids, because uh, in my class in UTS, I try to teach them about on AI and these topics because I sh I'm sure that they are our, I mean, leaders in future. So hopefully if they understand, we can change this landscape in near future. And what's their opinion on it, Motiza? What do your students think? Are they in agreement with you how important this is? Yeah, yeah. A lot of, I mean, a lot of them, they know. I mean, 
some of them, the, the topics are new for them. Yeah. But sometimes I get amused that, I mean, how do, uh, those kids, I mean, still they're young, they can have a good discussion and they think that why AIs can be dangerous or why we need like a sustainability AI, why we should use our resources in a good way. Because, you know, another issue with the AI is because a lot of AI is based on uh, like a, what's calling high computing computers yeah. and they are consuming a lot of energy. Yeah. And sometimes if you put the framework a standard, all the people following the standards rather than, you know, trial and error doing some AI models. Because, you know, it's fancy, people think they should learn. But at yeah. the same time, you're using the energy in a, uh, unnecessary ways. Yeah. So you see, is a lot of, <laughs> a lot of. I mean, AI is was good, but a lot of issues with AI as well. Yeah, so, it's a very complex matter, you know. And I'm just thinking, even you know, you. This is a really a specialist area that that's um, classes at university, but it it should be at schools, you know, like year twelve. Yeah. There should be a this should be a subject that's covered, not because you necessarily want to go into AI or yeah. um, robotics and stuff, but you need you need to know what the next your world is evolving into because it's rapidly changing. Yeah, you're right. Even I thought that I should do some workshop with some schools that, you know, because they are a digital, what's calling uh, residents. Yeah. So the student, they should know what's going on around them. And, you know, a lot of uh, issues with the parents. For example, one of my students, she told me she want to do with uh, the PhD on a very interesting topic with me. And, you know, the, the topic was interesting. She told me that, so her kids, she watched a video in YouTube. Yeah. And if, for example, if you're like a, eating the food, like a, doing a lot of noises, yeah. some people to try to bully the kids. So then she told me from that moment, she stopped to eating with us and she started to do some, like a, you know, kind of, you know, acquired uh, kind of relation, even with me as a mom. So then I thought that why YouTube allow my kids, even with like a kid free label to watch this kind of, you know, uh, movies. So, you know, a lot of issues with the digital residence is there for our, for our kids. That's, that's very interesting. So you mean the kid was sitting on and eating while yeah. on a YouTube or just um, participating no. in something? No, no, just kids watching the, uh, the video, which is about yeah. that someone mocking another uh, kids that oh, yeah. when he's eating something, he make a lot of noise. Oh, okay. Oh, well, you know, different cultures have different, have different yeah. Um, yeah. Um, eating manners, you know, yeah. and I, you know, the, I think the Chinese, it's, it's actually complimentary to make a lot of noises when yeah, you I eat. Know. Know. Um, you know, for my culture, you have to be quiet. You don't make any noises when yeah, you eat. So that's, yeah, yeah, you know, so how do you get a middle way of what's good? Because yeah. I could be yeah, yeah. I'm paying you a compliment by being very noisy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that, yeah that's a very complex. Yeah, you are right. Yeah. Yeah, you are right. Matiza, so like, listen, what excites you about the, about the students that you work with? You know, what, what, what gives you hope for our future? Are they bright and inquisitive youngsters? Yeah, what I find, I mean, you don't, because, you know, sometimes you think that you're, you're, this is every, every day of your job. It is your, I mean, you, you are doing, I mean, you are repeating sometimes the teaching, but my energy comes from my students. When I see that, I mean, they love the course, how they're interacting, how they give some comment, and sometimes how they criticize the structure of some of the lessons and how they can be creative. So I have a kind of demo on AI and anytime, for example, my course, I have around 800 students and I can see at least, you know, um, around 20 students, they come up with the new form of working with AI, which I didn't thought of. 
Yeah. And that's my hope that, okay, the students there, the talents there, and um, we, we can rely on them uh, as a future leader. So yeah, I mean, a, a lot of story, I mean, the, the, I cannot share it, I mean, for now, but yeah, in a, in a nutshell, it is very interesting you work with the youth. It, they give you, I mean, enough energy to, yeah. I mean, because, you know, when you're repeating something, it can be boring, but yeah. you're repeating in a good way with the youth, with the kids, it's very interesting. Yeah, and as you said, I mean, 800 students, congratulations. That's a huge intake every year of kids that you're working with, but um, it's, it's important that, uh, and I think you sound like an amazing teacher because part of being a good teacher is recognizing when students have different ideas to yours because yeah. of course they're going to have it. And you, it, it's, not, um, it's not an indictment against you as a lecturer that you didn't think of it. It's good because you're stimulating their brain power to go, oh, like that's a good way to think about it. Yeah, I try to give them enough, like we call it uh, social support. It, it used the case, I saw the student, he was very good. Uh, in participating in, in the lectures, in the discussion, but the, in the exam, uh, at the end, he did not do great. Yeah. But I tried to give him kind of extra marks because yeah. I, I believe that, I mean, he was a very good student. For yeah. some reason, maybe he was sick or for some family problem. Yeah. So yeah, as a lecturer, you should not just look at the, like the papers. You should look at your student as a student, as a human, and yeah. you should find their talents. If someone in this stage help them to believe on their talents, they can be successful in the future. But very critical moment for the for the kids. Yeah, listen, I mean, I, I speak from experience as someone who participates extremely well in a classroom, but sometimes um, the stress of an exam can just, and as yeah. you say, you can just have a bad day and that's the end of your exam, or you've got some, you know, memory from a bad example or of a bad experience of yeah. exam and it influences how yeah. you, you know, you think, oh, I'm not good at exams, you know, ugh, that's nonsense, you know, everyone just needs, there's a formula to prepare for an exam yeah. and how yeah. you do it to get yeah. the best out of you. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of, you know, limitation of the university for type of exam we can conduct. Yeah. But yeah, as a lecturer, this is my job to make sure that all, all is fair at the end. Yeah, I like that. So, Matiza, do you have a, a mentor? Did you, do you have mentors and did you have one throughout your career? Yeah, I mean, a mentor is very important. So my friends, my family, and is my, like a, Part of you know my everyday mentors i try yeah. to, to listen to them for academic perspective i have a colleague in canberra professor omar hussein yeah. so usually i check uh, my things with him plus my head of school professor ivona i i also she is i mean there's the head of school but at the same time she is very helpful to yeah. support uh, my some of my ideas so yeah i have at least to academic mentors plus some, you know, social mentors as well. And is this something that you cover off in your teaching material with your students to encourage them to look to have a mentor if they don't have one? Unfortunately, I did not do that, but I believe that uh, in university we have something because ma I mean, majors of my students are bachelor, but yeah. myself, what I did, for example, again, if I find some of the students, they are very talented, mm. I text them directly in mm. Microsoft Teams. I check, mm. for example, two days back, I checked one of them, what, what are you doing? Mm. What subject you are doing? And I told him that you are very good in, uh, in idea making, mm. so you can be very creative. And he told me, yeah, I'm doing the double degree, and yeah, thanks for the compliment. So I try to give, give them some, like, a, you know, a nice gesture. Yeah. But yeah. 
maybe we can put something in our course the importance of the mentoring and you are right yeah especially yeah listen Matisa I've like every guest I've spoken to on my podcast I all have mentors and you know I I sometimes look at students that you think they're a little bit lost but it's not that they're lost they just need a little bit direction you know and someone said to them hey you know what if you just tweak this and this you can be in a completely a different trajectory and where you're going and how you, you view stuff yeah, I, I, I taught the same thing to our university because, you know, as a lecturer, I cannot see the full journey of the students. But I yeah. love to see, for example, he did this course, then you should this course A, this student should course do course B. And another issue with the sometimes university is they don't give them roadmap to the students. Yeah. At least, for example, we can identify t- 10 different roadmaps for computer science students. You should go this way. You are, you have a very good soft skill. You have a very good programming skill. Yeah. You have a resistance. You can be good CEO or leader. You know, yeah. yeah. At least a university should provide something for them. And I saw some of like uh, online um, what's calling uh, teaching uh, companies like Coursera. Yeah. If you go to the website, you can see they give you a roadmap. Yeah. Which courses you should take in a row. You know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you are right. You are right. I mean, they have. They are full of energy. They have full of energy. I mean, I mean, they are full on. Yeah. They are therefore do, doing something great, but yeah. they need kind of human kindness. Rather, yeah. than, we should go out of the university as a you know physical or you know business entity. Yeah. We need this kind of mentoring and this kind of human element to help the kids. And I, I believe it. That's that a skill that is missing. And well, I, geez, I, I, I love have... to do that. I love to do that. But sometimes I fear because I'm from different culture. I think if I approach the students. What's going on? Should I say? And still, I'm doing. I, I text them. Oh, you are very yeah. good. Yeah. I had another student. Then should uh, because she was very active in the class. And then for, I find that she is, for example, around fifty, and she come to the doing the another bachelor for. I mean, her curiosity. Yeah. But, I mean, it is not easy to approach because you know. Still, I don't know the rules or regulations. I'm from different culture, but I believe you're right. I find some of sometimes they are lost, but I fear if I tell that you or lost maybe you know Ach, Mortiza, you know what I think um I hear what you say and I recognize you know as a lecturer you've got a lot of course material to get through but I I I reflect on my own journey sometimes and I just go you know I have a lecturer just taking two seconds out of their time and not necessarily to me personally but just generally to oh, yeah. the classroom and to say to him listen you know, you should you should think of your journey um, holistically where you're going and you must think of getting mentors and you must find mentors. It's not your job to give them a mentor, but they must find the mentors. And But it's just lighting that idea in their mind that this is actually normal. It, all successful people I've spoken to, they've all got mentors that, that help them along their way and they guide them. And I mean, you know, I'm a fellow immigrant to, to Australia. So, you know, initially the how you navigate a world because it's a different country. Yes, and, yes. you know, we, uh, we've adopted the country, but we're still very much outsiders. I, I don't feel like that anymore because I've been here many years. But initially, you know, like there are lots of written and unwritten things that you don't necessarily yeah. know about. Yeah, you are right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe what we can do if you have time, maybe you yeah. can a guest lecture for our student. Oh, I'd love to, Mortiza. Yeah. I'll come in there and I'll tell them, now, listen here, you sit up straight and <laughs> <laughs> I've got 10 minutes and this is what you're going to do. You need to broaden your mind and you need to look, okay. you know, I, I think, you know, what excites me about children or, or students going to university 
university teaches you how to think that's what yeah. a university is there for yeah. it's not teaching you like right. what yeah. to think it's it's how to think you need yeah, to have yeah you need critical analysis and yeah. thinking yeah. outside of the box you can give students course material but there's no ways even by the time they've graduated right. some of the stuff's not relevant anymore yeah because things change yeah. oh yeah we are in the same page what, what that's why what i do for example if i have one example for the organization i tell them you are young maybe you have no experience with the organization but yourself your organization your family is your organization yeah. consider yourself as someone who think that in future you are going so kind of play rolling or help them to think that themselves as in their own experience yeah as if they can think as you mentioned try to help them how to think try yeah. to help them be critical critic about the society yeah listen you know what Matiz? i mean i think for a lot of students it's it's a matter of survival so if you say to them listen you're the ceo of of nikki rissa or what is a severe like you the ceo this is your entity and you need to have a vision and the vision isn't necessarily going to work for someone and even if you work for someone you still work for them but you're still your own entity yeah, in yeah, what you're it doing is, it is yeah 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 i i agree that's why yeah i, I use this strategy during my teaching so yeah I go, I go through the material but at the same time i connect them with their own things at oh, least excellent. make sure that they have a, enough reflection yeah. No wonder you've got 800 students in your class. That's yeah. a lot of students. So, Matiza, any closing thoughts you'd like to leave our audience with today? No, I mean, I think based on our discussion, we think that all, all of us, we are responsible for our society. So we spoke on AI and how AI can be dangerous. So one way for mitigating, uh, mitigating these issues and this risk is if we think we are responsible. We should not use AI in a bad manner. If it's something, we should report to the, I mean, to the bodies, or at least we can write in our Facebook. So at, hopefully at the end, it leads to, to some education in some form. So that's my comment. So we should be responsible. I love that, Monsiza. That you know, and be positive and and do good in the world yeah. that you are, because we, you know, we can all make such a huge difference, and we think, oh, what does one person make? But but everyone's contribution counts. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Because we are in the networked, you know, connected world. Very, you, very connected. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. well, I believe that too. So, Monsiza, if anyone wants to um contact you, what's the best? Can I put your email address in? Yeah, uh, my email is morteza dot sawberry at sunutes.edu.a okay i'll put that in the show notes as well yeah, so Monteza, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you i'm so thanks glad we caught up yes i'm so glad we caught up today and uh, to our listeners uh join me next week let's talk robotics yeah thanks a lot mm -hmm.